Climb aboard the struggle bus. You got problems just like us. Climb aboard the struggle bus. Let Kate and Sally help you. Welcome to the struggle bus. I'm Kate. I'm Sally. And we're here to fix your lives. That said, we are two people whose only qualifications <laughs> to give you advice are that we have lots of feelings and lots of opinions. Uh, uh, neither of which are a substitute for professional guidance. Sally, did you yawn in the middle? I, I didn't yawn, but I stretched. Uh-huh. And then I stopped in the middle because I realized that was a pretty unprofessional thing to do on the mic. But I was just, I was about to have like an amazing stretch. Yeah, that was a great stretch. But you kind of almost turned into a yawn because your mouth opened a little bit. Hi. So listen, if you want to talk about Sally's stretch, she's stretching again to show me that it was not. I see it now. Okay, I see it. Well, no, it, there was there was a yawn coming. Okay. Oh, I listen, it's been a week, but we're going to get to that yeah, actually. Like pretty are. much right off the top. At first, you can tweet at us at StrugglebusPod. Email us at StrugglebusPodcast at gmail.com. Use the hashtag StrugglePodBuds420 to find a struggle buddy. Go on to Instagram.com slash the StrugglebusPod to see the photo of an amazing birthday present Sally got me. What? And of course, you can tweet at Sally T, me at SBK Heller. Go on our website, strugglebuspodcast.com. Yep, yeah, because mm-hmm. it's not in the doc, Sally. It is too. Where? Oh, it's there. between oh the hashtag God. and my Twitter handle. I have gotten nothing more than three <laughs> or to five hours of sleep a night for the last week and a half for a lot of reasons. Strugglebuspodcast.com. Um, I did say tweet at us. And also, if you want to be a member, and by the way, thank you. Huge thanks to new members. We really, it helps to, you know, have you on board if you have you on board the bus. And you know, for as little as five dollars a month, Sally, tell them what they get. You get uh, a monthly bonus episode uh, and an archive of every bonus ev- episode we've ever recorded. What? That's my spit take. <laughs> uh. And uh, you also get a ticket to ride the struggle bus. Good for a lifetime of rides. So uh, it's a real bus pass. Uh, well, it's real in the sense that the word "real" has quotation marks around it, um, <laughs> and uh, it's just like a little memento we'll send you in the mail and. Uh, some international listeners have mm. have offered to cover the cost of mailing, that which is, is so nice. Yeah, more than one has offered to do this. It's guys, when very, I used to work nice. an office job, I totally would have taken care of that for free, you guys. Um, um, no, we're taking care of it. Um, I just discovered there's a thing called the Global Forever Stamp. Did you know that? No. Because um, what I've been doing is just putting like a thousand regular stamps on it and throwing it into, <laughs> out the window into the, the air. <laughs> but uh, it turns out you can buy a special stamp. Uh, but yeah, like extra special thank you. We've gotten a lot of new subscribers in the last like week or two and uh you guys are amazing and it's really going to help us continue to do this podcast yeah. and also um uh make do f- more fun stuff like yeah. have live shows and co- like make merch like uh i don't know hood ornaments for your luxury cars is a thing we might start making yeah, yeah. little buses to go on your car I yeah don't know. and also if you want to join our super secret safe space facebook group you can email us at strugglebuspodcast at gmail.com and say please add me to the group now here's the thing uh, we are going to talk about this i guess right now i do want to talk about my birthday presents but we'll do Obviously. that sometime um so it's a secret group on facebook but as we know anything on the internet is not ever really secret if like your roommate comes in and the, the things open um the reason we do keep it a secret group is you want to make it feel like a safe space and a place to say, ah, work was really tough today. I need animal photos, you know, Mm -hmm. things like that. That could be seen as inappropriate if your boss, for Mm -hmm. example, right? So we're just being careful about, um, there might be a slight delay in in letting people in. We want you to come into the group, Mm -hmm. but we're just being extra cautious because of, of the article's with the allegations that mm-hmm. came out and all that. Yeah, and one of the articles mentioned the Facebook group. So yeah. we're just being super, super cautious. Uh, 
my fear personally is that I'm going to be at a coffee shop and I'm going to put my phone down on the table to go get a napkin or something. And someone is going to see that all I'm doing is looking at my own tweets. Like Mm. I'm just going through my own timeline history being like, (laughs) good one, Sally. (laughs) Uh, So that's why I personally like to keep things super private. Got it. Uh, So yeah, just uh, come join our Facebook group and uh, enjoy our extreme caution. Yeah, there we are. Okay, so should we get to the subject then? Yeah, let's do it. So an article came out this week about an article in Jezebel, what I say, and a few other articles as well about somebody who we used to work with who uh, was a co-host of a show we we, I was on with Sally. Let's give a content note really quick. No, no, you don't have to stop. Let's just say it now. That right. was me doing my editing voice. Like, ah, I gotta look down. I'm gonna do a number thing. Uh, yes, content note. I apologize. Yeah, so we're about to talk about allegations about uh, predatory behavior by uh, a dude named Jamie Kilstein. And also, potentially, like, we'll be talking about allegations of gaslighting and manipulation and emotional abuse. So know that that is all gonna happen for a little while. And uh, I don't know. Just know that's going to happen and feel free to fast forward. Yeah, for approximately the next 15 minutes. Now, Radio Dispatch had like a timestamp and I was like, hello, uh, I will get to that as well. So let's just start uh, talking about uh, the Jamie stuff. Um, I will go first. Go for it. Uh, Just very briefly, there are allegations of him abusing women. I will say I did uh, put out my own personal note. We didn't address it on last week's episode because... Uh, we didn't quite know what to say or, you know, the people who were involved who have said they were treated terribly. We wanted to be very cautious. And yes, as Sally had mentioned, there's now articles out online. Um, personally, yes, I did experience very inappropriate behavior. All of that was written about um, on my Facebook page that I linked to and my Twitter and all that stuff. So I don't want to go into great detail. But yeah, no, I did not want to work with this person. And it was a very very, very sad and difficult situation. So if you think for one second that this is fucking great and hilarious and I'm going to make so much money off of this, you're wrong. I lost work. I lost opportunities. I lost, um, you know, I, I, it was a very sad time for me. So I'm speaking as me that there's nothing great about this at all. And it's been really hard for me to uh, experience that. That said, I've also been through things like this before and I'm a lot older and I'm a little bit, you know, more experienced. So I was able to handle what had happened and how to deal with it. But I, my, I, my heart just broken a thousand pieces when I saw what the other women said that they, they experienced. Again, these are um, allegations. Uh, no one's been to court. No one's been arrested. And, 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 uh, but I just do want to say on a personal note, yeah, I was very uncomfortable around him for a litany of reasons. And mm-hmm. um, I, I made the choice to leave because I heard another story. And then I was like, well, and then there were, you know, that's it. That's all I want to say about that. Yeah. I Can mean, I, I say think, that was that. OK. Yeah. And okay. I mean, I think. Yeah, totally. I think I'll like just to be like super clear, like um, when we heard this stuff um, had happened um, and, you know, we, we learned like a story and then continued to hear stories. But after the first thing was shared with us, like the first woman told us uh, what she had experienced, we Catherine and I decided like as a as a duo, as like a partnership to n- not go on Citizen Radio any longer. I say I a lot because you've taught I know because you don't want to. I know. I appreciate yeah. you don't want to talk for me. But yeah. I'm just I just want to make it clear that like, yeah, like we um like we had different experiences with Jamie for sure. Um, Like I didn't experience the stuff that you did, Catherine. Um, But we both I think I can say we're like horrified and devastated to 
to um, hear stories from like a few women and then like several more, um, all of which like um, there, you know, there was never like any question of like believing them, (laughs) but like, but the fact, you know, not at all, but the fact that the stories match so closely, you could like put them on top of each other and like, it would be like word for word, the same stuff. It just, it, um, it spoke to like a really disturbing pattern of behavior. And, um, one thing that was like really upsetting for me was like, I mean, all of it was, but like one specific thing was just feeling like, uh, a community I was a part of just in terms of like, I guess I would describe the community as like, so social justicey people on the internet mm. that community had been violated um and you know i i you know jamie was also like a friend of mine in real life like you know he 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 was a guy i knew like online and whose um presence in the world i thought was important because of what he was like saying about things like rape culture mm-hmm. um but he was also like a real person in my life so the feeling of like um of like our safe world being infiltrated was really was really difficult and it also just really has opened up this for me like more in-depth conversation about performative allyship which you know it's like this weird thing where I've always felt like performative allyship was is problematic and also probably a bit of a red flag um and yet for some reason um it didn't like, you know, you can never really like know what someone is really doing, I think, like, um, or I should say that, like, some people might be able to know, like, I think there are people who, um, who could tell by the way that Jamie performed feminism, that there was something amiss. Yeah. Um, but I, I, um, without getting into like my personal feelings about him as a person and as an ally, I have to say that like, I didn't really anticipate allegations of this sort. Yeah. And, um, it, and it's made me think a little bit more deeply than I had been thinking about performative allyship, um, beyond just being like, it's problematic and men who perform feminism are sketchy as fuck because it's, it's like a, it's a little bit, I just, I think it's deeper than that. It's, it's like, it's a thing that we have to like, I don't even know what it is. It's a thing we have to like, I think, think about and talk about more and, and like understand what's happening when like we are saying, I'll speak for myself. Like we're talking about performative allyship and how problematic it is. And yet still letting performative allies into our space and like retweeting them and like being psyched that they're speaking out. Yeah. I, I also want to direct you if you can to the episode that John and Molly Neffel did off for radio dispatch. And I remember the date they released it cause it was my birthday. Happy birthday. Uh, yeah. What a great gift, right? <laughs> Thanks guys. Um, no, but they, they, at the end of the episode, I believe it was on March 2nd. They talk about it for 15 minutes um, that and it was very well put how you said it, Sally, in the larger issue. And um, John and Molly has some great things to say about this. Uh, and in, I also want to just add on a personal note, same. I, I this is a friend to me, too. This is someone who uh, it, it was heartbreaking. It was beyond disappointing. And for me and my, my own personal experience, I now look back on everything and I think, did I do something wrong? Should I have cut ties with them earlier? And to be completely honest, I I was blindsided. And yet, of course, much like 
how it feels when you put the pieces together. You're like, of course I should have known. But that's sort of a big problem too, right? So here's a man who talks about feminism who was a really, I, I did find him very talented. I do still. I, I wish none of this had ever happened. Um, there's nothing good about the fact that we lost a friend and somebody who I was like, oh, finally, a man who gets it, right? And yet you're right. There were parts of his performative allyship that I was concerned about. And then when he was sending me inappropriate messages and behaving inappropriately around me, I I laughed it off and brushed it off because to me, that was kind of just normal par for the course. Like, oh, someone else's husband's hitting on me. What's new? And I don't mean to diminish that. I mean to say that this happens so fucking often. Mm -hmm. And I would just deflect. But you know, I've learned to deflect and not everyone should end or knows or should ever have to learn to deflect. Right. So there's a lot of people who are blaming themselves for not seeing it earlier, myself included. And I will say that I, too, you know, it's it's so sad to think that how many people I know who I have been disappointed in. I did not know what Sally said, what Sally said <laughs> to this degree. And when I read that article, I I got chills and I already had heard stories, you Same. know, so the Jezebel article. You're yes, about. the Jezebel article. Apologies. Um, and I was reading it and going, oh, my God, you know, so I, I'm not out here to change anyone's mind who people who don't believe women. I'm here more to say to those listening at home going, yeah, I thought so, too. Yeah, I'm going to say to you, I, I feel the same way. I feel very, very unsafe and betrayed. And when I say feel unsafe, it's not that I physically was ever unsafe, mm -hmm. but knowing that if I didn't, I don't know. I mean, knowing what I know now, I still feel just betrayed and violated mm -hmm. in my trust. And I understand that there's a litany. I'm sure the armchair psychologist could explain this behavior for days and days. But the truth is, at the same time, I've been experiencing this my mm -hmm. whole life. And um, not, not uh, this is definitely an extreme case. But what Sally said, going back to that, can we just call this episode what mm -hmm. Sally said? Um, going back to your point, this is something that is so common. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, it's really common to the point where... Um, I think women experience this and they are like, it makes them feel profoundly uncomfortable or it makes it them feel like their boundaries have been pushed or violated. And, oh yeah, shit. And there, yeah, I didn't, I just realized because there's drilling outside people just so you know, we're, we're recording uh, the same on a construction site because I just bought a new construction site. Uh, and we also just realized we didn't turn our phones off. So we heard yeah. the drilling in both. Yeah. I'm going to keep this in. I don't care. Go on. Yeah. I break the fourth wall. Yeah. I just, um, <laughs> I, it's, it's just tough because, um, yeah, you you experience this behavior and you're like, did I did I welcome this? Was I part of this? This is normal, right? Um, and I mean, it is normal, but that doesn't mean it's okay. Uh, you didn't welcome it. I don't know you, but I can tell you, you didn't welcome it. It just happened. Um, and I, you know, it's, it's the one thing I'm thinking about as we talk about all this stuff is that like I rarely experience this kind of thing from guys um, because I'm not an object of desire and sexual attraction for men as far as I've experienced in my almost 38 years, yeah. you have less than uh, fewer than 30 shopping days till my birthday side note. Um, oh, I'm on it. Um, I, that was for the, actually the general listening audience, but yes, for you oh, too. Okay. You, you were um, expecting me to do something. Yeah, obviously. Sally bought me a Garfield book <laughs> no and, big deal. and a pin that says I D G A F, which means I don't give a fuck anyway. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, and so like it's a lot of this is like me um, sort of like observing and experiencing secondhand. Um, but so I don't know why I'm saying that, but I'm saying it just because I think it's it's really uh, I don't know. It seems relevant to me. Um, the other thing, like I just I really want to 
also talk about for a second is 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 like and and like John and Molly did talk about this on Radio Dispatch. Um, I, I think a little bit is it this idea of like going back to this thing of like calling yourself a feminist as a guy um, and and like and honestly, like I, I'm starting to feel like any of these things that we call ourselves like. Well, first of all, you don't call yourself an ally. That is a thing that gets said to you by the group that you're like supposedly an ally to. Yeah. You know, so until then it's a verb. <laughs> yeah, until that right, exactly. And and that's like how I feel about all this stuff. Like, you know, if you if you call yourself like don't think of like that you have to like earn the right to call yourself a feminist. Just like take calling yourself a feminist out of the equation and just behave in a in a decent way towards human beings and like respect people's bodily autonomy and people's boundaries. And if you never get to say I'm a feminist or I'm one of the good guys or like for white people, I like I I get it. I get racial injustice. Like if you don't get to say any of that, like that is fine. Like you will live. And it's besides the point anyway, like what you get to call yourself. So like don't even worry about whether or not you get to claim a certain label. Just you know, be critical of your own behavior, analyze it, be open to people pointing out to you that you're, that you behaved in a way that was like problematic or you did something insensitive or whatever, and be open to hearing that and like changing your behavior. Like, don't worry about, about letting everyone know what a good person you are by letting people know (laughs) I'm such a good person. Just like, just like, do the work. Just I, like do the behaviors. I want to dovetail and then piggyback off what Sally said. Love it. <laughs> um, I, uh, I want to start up with the second part first and then go to the first part. This, uh, the allyship. Um, a lot of people are saying, but what, am, what about me? Like, what do I do? How do I show? And John Neffel really had a great point. I don't want to, you know, misuse his words, but I will say what I my takeaway was one of the things is recognize your privilege. Just recognize it. Even just recognizing it is a great start to accepting because you won't, you don't want to be the bad guy, right? But I am a very privileged white woman. And I'm sure, and I know years ago, I was like, but I didn't, it's not my fault. And like recognizing white privilege is really, really, it's a great way to start looking at history and then mm-hmm. understanding things. So maybe start with that. Um, and just know that first off and everything you said about allyship a million percent. Mm-hmm. I want to go back to the, why you said the first point when you said, I don't know why I'm saying this, that Jamie'd never mm-hmm. done anything to you. Not I, just Jamie, like guys. In general. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Um, that's a great point because a lot of people argue, well, he never did that to me. And it's like, right. And we did bring this up in some episode um, weeks ago where someone's like, oh, well, I, he never wanted to rape me or he never did anything to me. Like, it's like, that's great. Things happen to different people right. and everyone has different experiences. Just because you know someone does not mean they are not capable of a thing. And Sally absolutely a million percent believed us, mm-hmm. uh, believed me and believed the, the friend we spoke to. And, you know, that's really important to remember is just because it didn't happen to you or you don't see red flags does not mean it didn't happen. Yeah, that's a really good point. Thanks for saying that. It's like I, I think we might have I don't remember if you talked this talked about this on the mic, but it's like that thing when like a guy is like accused of something and they ask like one of his best male yeah, we friends. Did. We did. The funniest yeah. Thing. And and the dude's like, I don't know, he's always been cool to me. It's like, come on, dude. You yeah, know, that's cool. Yeah. And he um, didn't want to rape you. That's what you said. It was it was oh, a did wonderful I? button. Man. Yeah. Nice. Good stuff, Sally. Mm. Um, yeah. So I just I I uh, I I I don't want to uh, belabor the point, but I, I, you know, I've tweeted a few threads about sort of <laughs> not really exactly only about the Jamie Kilstein thing, but like, you know, kind of in about the allegations about him and just this general thing, this general phenomenon of um, 
some more allegations. Uh, not just about like dudes being creepy, but like dudes who use what they say about feminism and about rape culture to be creepy. Yeah. And some of the some of the responses that I've gotten on Twitter, um, which I basically just ignore, are are like these like very earnest inquiries from guys who have very good intentions, who are like really interested in debating use of the phrase like feminist and like, but why can't I use it or why can't I whatever? And it's like, this isn't actually the conversation that I I think we should be having mm-hmm. because it it takes the place of more important conversations, which which are like, what are you doing in your life? And and are you calling out shitty predatory behavior in your life? And 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 like if you want to call yourself like a purple school bus, mm-hmm. like because you think it fits, like fine, call yourself that thing. But like it's really about what are you actually doing? Yeah. And also, I mean, you know, uh, silence is compliance. Is that a saying? Complicit. And there's it part of now. me and I do understand why some people don't want to speak out or don't want to get involved in the fray. It's a very delicate issue, especially if you are a woman, especially if you're a woman who has experienced this. Um, but people who I know who publicly are not saying anything, I do question them. I'm going to say it right now. I've been a little disappointed in some people, but then again, not shocked. But I will say with compassion and love, I do understand the genuine not being able to address it or not wanting to address it. And yet there's part of me that's like, you're part of the problem now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, If you're, if you're prominent is what I'm saying. If you're out there saying this is my thing and then you're not saying anything about this, I'm, I just have some feelings about that, yeah. but I don't want to talk about that in depth. And we have questions for I, you. I just have, I just want you to know I, I see you. Yeah. I we, see we, you. We see you. Um, uh, one thing I wanted to add is like, if if you're listening to this and you're like, oh man, do I do that? Like, am I performative? And Like one thing I do for myself is like, as I'm tweeting something, I'm like, wait a sec, am I being like, am I performing something right now? And like, you know, a lot of times we're all I mean, look, we're all performing everything, especially in social media. But I like, don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, but like I like if if I if I'm like, am I performing something? And the answer is like, yeah, I'm performing like being really anxious about our political climate or I'm performing like how much I love working out like that might be annoying to people, but it, it's it's pretty innocuous. Yeah. But if you're performing uh, allyship, if, if you're performing like a, an important set of beliefs um, that when practiced uh, are about solidarity with marginalized people, like just just be like, well, I'm not going to tweet that. Like it, it sucks that you don't get to make a funny tweet. But in the grand scheme of things, like it's not that bad or it sucks that you don't get to like get a cookie for like being a good person. But like in the grand scheme of things, like it it really just doesn't matter. And I, I definitely feel like a lot of white people, a lot of white men, I'm not even going to, I'm going to say cis white men, I guess, um, like have it in their heads that like, if they are doing the right stuff, they should get to claim a label. And mm-hmm. it's like a reward to mm-hmm. claim a label. And that in and of itself shows you so much assumed privilege that it's like, I'm doing such an awesome thing that I should get to like say it. But that's not actually being an ally. That is not actually like being in solidarity. Uh, That is wanting to center yourself and like center what the quote unquote good work you are doing. And that is something that I think a lot of us who were socialized as like white people, socialized as cisgender people have to 
like really just really think about and like grapple with all the time and yeah. I, and me me included i mean you know come on same uh and i i mean obviously we're not going to talk about this all day because we do have some great great emails mm-hmm. to get to but i just wanted to also say quickly thank you for putting it that way that was a really great and clear way and i was nodding like a dashboard ornament on a truck <laughs> um but one last thing i wanted to add is that for this podcast and in general or this episode or what i'm saying is not to try, try to convince the people on twitter who were like mm, what does abuse mean but what is emotional ma- manipulation This message is for you listening at home uh, who are questioning your um, support of someone who was your hero and or a friend and or in general, a coworker or someone you trusted who betrayed you and uh, manipulated you and had other intentions when they contacted you. It's not your fault. Right. Um, How you behave back. We should not have to have a handbook for this. Mm -hmm. Okay. Unfortunately, there are places and people who are like here's what to do when this happens and if this happens and you know when someone's hitting on you inappropriately or sending you messages or demanding something of you or making you feel uh that you have to do something and or being in a relationship that is abusive in any way shape or form this is for you this is mm-hmm. just my my message of um it happens a lot and it happens to everyone and there's nothing wrong with you even if you did see the red flags how could you have known how bad it was mm-hmm. and don't work don't please be a good and kind to yourself. Exactly. Please be kind to yourself and know there's a lot of people out there who support you. And Absolutely. that is my takeaway is holy shit, the support. I just want to say thank yeah. you. Yeah. The support has been incredible. Um, yeah. yeah. It's been really, um, it's like, like I, you said this, Catherine, in your public like mm-hmm. Facebook note that like, the, if anything, quote unquote, good has come out of this, it's been, now I'm just going to like very messily paraphrase you, but no, just do, like do. how many people are vocally being supportive of these women without like a, a second thought or a like show me the receipts just like we are here like we believe you we support you we will not support this person who you say hurt you like yeah. we are it's been fucking awesome mine yeah I, I was overwhelmed and everyone who wrote into me personally and mm-hmm. stuff if I didn't get back to you I apologize it's been a week but um very emotionally exhausting week but uh, thank you for that mm. yeah thank you for for standing with the and believing yeah. women because that was I've not seen that to a level of that in my lifetime, to be honest, in, yeah. in my own experience. So that same, was huge. same. And the way, by the way, when you say sloppily or whatever, paraphrase me, you always put it better. Oh, You're like the 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 you know head writer here. So uh, I'm gonna well, toss it thanks. out there that head writer you rewrote my my wonderful statement. <laughs> I punched so it up. You punched it up. <laughs> Um, one other thing I, then this is really, <laughs> how many, how many truly the last thing I know it's okay. We have to this get, is our, we've been sitting on this for yeah, a while. We yeah. have not publicly talked about it on the show and or otherwise because of the women who came to us and I did not feel comfortable opening up this can of worms if people were concerned about being, uh, retaliated. Mm. So beyond that, I mean, I I'll speak for myself. Like I was processing this, like yeah. I, you know, last week we had a date to record and, uh, we made that date before a lot of this stuff came out publicly. And so we were, we had been like processing it for like a couple of hours when we like sat down to record the episode. And like, for me, it was just like not enough time, you know? Mm -hmm. And like, you know, we stopped going on citizen radio almost a year ago. And so, you know, we've been doing a lot of processing Catherine and I like and figuring things out um, behind the scenes. And it takes a while to like, you know, like when we're not on the mic, Catherine and I can like say whatever we want and like can scream at each other about how angry we are, who, how sad we are. And we can like, 
be very unfiltered. But when the mic is there, it makes it like the stakes are higher. And so like I was like, I needed a lot more time. I mean, I I would take like another like year and be like, Catherine, can we just record this in 2018 yeah. if I could? But um, but that's not useful. But really, the last thing I want to say. All right. <laughs> is, I'm just going to drink every time you say that. OK, plus cool. I need water is um, is that I've seen this reaction on Twitter, which is like, yeah, of course that of course there are allegations about this guy. He was calling himself a feminist. And like, I, I understand that reaction and like, I have been flip in the past about stuff like this. Um, but I just, it, I've been thinking lately about how shitty that is potentially for like the women who have made these allegations because it, like, I feel like it can sort of make women feel like, like, yeah, we all knew. Why didn't you know? Or right. like, you know what I mean? Yes. Or like, yes, and, exactly. And, and so like, I think like, just be cool. Um, not that I've seen anyone in this group do that at all, like on Twitter. Um, but like, I think just in general, like, let's all just be cool when we're being public about our reactions to stuff like this. Yeah, I, I want to totally um, uh, piggyback again off of what Sally said. And I, too, have definitely said that before. Like, well, obviously this person's of this. So, yes, I, I get that sentiment as well. And I think what you're saying is good is like that. Yeah. But this also can make people feel mm -hmm. work, like less like they were like, oh, not not getting the memo or something right 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 anyway i mean so yeah so i guess that's all we want to talk about right now because there's a lot happening mm -hmm. but we wanted to address it totally for sure let's um, get to a thing we did yes yeah, so here's a segment called a thing we did for self-care <laughs> do we have maybe beautiful. we don't have a yeah so sally what did you do for self-care this week because personally i already you know i did many things okay i did a few things i okay well i took a day off work same yesterday same. amazing Me really too. good choice last uh, i took a lot of bubble baths me too a lot yeah you can never take too many bubble I baths i took two yesterday that's amazing two i only took one yesterday and then i we're always talking about the restaurant terry but why why stop now um on friday on friday morning i got they make this portobello <laughs> pesto sandwich it's the size of a michelin tire it's huge uh i got one for breakfast i i i had to fast to have blood work done uh i'm fine you guys don't worry totally routine um but fasting i'm one of those people who if i the after 30 seconds of being awake if i'm not fed it's like a nightmare for everyone involved and i had to fast for like a few hours on friday morning and so after i left the doctor's office i was like you know what fuck this. And I went right to Terry. I got a gigantic sandwich. Uh, I put it all into my face and it was really good. Yeah. Those are my things. Last night I went to Terry as well. I was in the neighborhood. Guys, I'm always in the neighborhood. All of my, most of my podcast clients and all the auditions are in that area. Mm -hmm. I love Terry. Also Blossom Du Jour. Definitely mm -hmm. shout out. Um, they are not sponsoring us, but, but uh, I'm sponsoring them. Yeah, exactly. Them my entire paycheck. No, but I had the, the Portobello sandwich last night. How good is it? So good. And I also bought the potato salad, which is amazing. And a green juice and then a couple yes. cupcakes cakes because why the fuck well not? done you know they i just want to say this is totally relevant and going to be interesting to everyone listening um <laughs> they like changed their portobello pesto recipe like do you know that like it's it's a this is like portobello 2.0 and i actually kind of prefer the previous one i did not like the tomato jam last night i love the tomato jam i'm not a fan of the tomato jam oh man i know that's a really good episode title oh, i i kind of like what sally said but anyway yeah so i took a day off work as well um and I I just treated myself. I I go to my massage therapist and be for my own back stuff, but I asked her to do a little extra on an area that I really wanted to work on. I was like, please. And and because she basically is really cautious of doing too much 
you know, just rubbing because it feels good. She mm-hmm. really is realigning things mm-hmm. and helping me uh, with my posture and stuff. But I did say, can I just have a little? And she's like, oh, I have a birthday present for you. And she did some amazing work on yes. me. I'll just share this with you because it was incredible. She, she, well, she uses instruments like music uh, instruments sometimes to uh, enhance the the experience, and she also believes in a lot of energy and healing mm-hmm. and stuff. And it blows my mind. She's amazing and has changed my life. But one thing she did is she's she pulled out this gong thing, and she's like, "All right, I'm going to do something for you." And I I forget what she called it, and I don't want to go into great detail because I don't understand it very much. But she said, "Just close your eyes and sort of just be in this moment." And I was like, "All right." And she, I, I, I heard, like felt vibrations above me, and I didn't hmm. know what was happening. I That's feel cool. very safe with her, and it was just sort of—it's really interesting. And I could hear this sort of cymbal kind of sound or something. And all of a sudden, she hit the gong, and I felt as if a beam of white light shone over me. Oh, she said, "This is going to release the toxins," and I heard that in my head as toxic people. And I was like, "Yes," but it, I felt as if I was sort of just this bright light went over my body hmm. and just black goo dripped out of my body to the floor and I I had visions all of a sudden of love and light and people's faces of people in my life smiling and you were there and I mean I feel like it was a dream but it was just an experience that she made for me and um, it was really, really beautiful. And that it sounds awesome. Just, I've never experienced anything like that. Neither have I. I. It was the closest thing to like a religious epiphany I've ever had. And wow. it was really beautiful. And I awesome. really think that's awesome. So that there's that. And I just want to say real quick, Katie Fisher Day. So I talked about this very briefly last month because I thought last month was March because I literally have no idea what day it is right now. Um, but Katie Fisher Day is on March 12th. And what it is is Matt Fisher, who's an amazing comedian, writer, person, human in general, his sister passed away in a car accident uh, a few years ago. Her birthday is March 12th, and she used to every. I think it was every week of of his of when he was in college. She made him cookies and mm. sent him cookies. So he's trying to find positivity in just her life on this world. And so March 12th is her birthday, and. Send cookies to your friends. I had people write in and I had cookie buddies match, but I don't have the time to do that. So if you just have a friend or someone you love out there, mm-hmm. send them cookies. I, so awesome. I I saw someone recently who I, I think really does need cookies. So she doesn't know she's getting these, but I did ask her for her address because I said, oh, there's something you're invited to, paper style, old so school. Sneaky. I'm so sneaky. She probably thinks I'm getting married. Uh, that is not the case. But uh, it's somebody who I've, I don't know very well, but I, I've worked with her before and she's going through some rough times and I just want to send her Cookies. That's amazing. So make sure that they get it by March 12th. And I'll, I'll link to that, all the information about Katie Fisher Day on strugglebusspodcast.com. Amazing. All right. And you're going to make the cookies, right? You, I think it's encouraged to make them. Uh, if you have to if you have to buy them, I understand. But cool. I think, yes, making cookies. Thank Any you for cookie clarifying. is better, th- better, better than no cookie, right? Exactly. Exactly. I always say that. Listen, if someone gets a box of Toll House <laughs> morsels... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that is anymore. I'm tired. Sally, let's do some emails. Okay. So this email actually, um, someone donated to our podcast to become oh, a member. Thank you very yes, much. Thank you. And, and I emailed back and asked for their address so I could send them their special little memento. And when they emailed back with their address, they also asked a question that mm-hmm. they wanted us to talk about on air, which I didn't notice until last night. Um, so I'm sorry, this is so late, but we are going to read it now. It, it kind of starts in the middle of their email, but I think you'll get the gist. Um, we do have to give them a name and I, for one, Catherine, 
I think that we're picking names for all these people, and I feel like we should go with Garfield. I mean, why have we not done that before? Why would we not, right? Can we this person be Arlene? Yeah. Oh, my definitely. gosh. I'm so okay. excited about that. So should I read this? Um, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this is from Arlene. Mm. Okay. Like I said, picks up in the middle. Bear with us. Also... <laughs> <laughs> Also, have you seen Divorce? I love Sarah Jessica Parker, and I feel like I'm the only person who watched that season. I personally enjoyed having gone through Divorce myself. I could really empathize with the characters, and I feel like Divorce is a super long struggle that takes years to unshackle from. If I'm honest, I still haven't fully come out of it. I haven't dated seriously in like three years, and here's the funny part. I don't mind at all. I love a Friday night with takeout, a movie, and the best snuggling pit bull you've ever met. Amen. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, didn't mean to turn this into a struggle question, but I guess I'm curious as to whether it's normal to have a period of years in which women can be happy being single, or is there a point of no return where it goes from empowering to tragic? Maybe when a woman starts adopting cats, LOL. Mm. Clearly, these are questions that only plague a divorced 36-year-old woman, right? From Arlene. All right. Well, I just did like some stretches because I really want to get into this. All right, Arlene. I found myself at the tender age of 37 years old coming out of a very long-term relationship that I thought was going to lead to the things I wanted out of life and all that stuff. And I was very grateful for that relationship in general. And there's so many great things I got out of it. And then, of course, I um, needed to end it. And, you know, I so I remember when I decided that I wanted to maybe break up and I was terrified to tell any friends because when you tell your friends, like you all share a friend group. So you sometimes find yourself confiding to strangers. I know I do that a lot and people have confided in me about things like this, but I had a new friend and he and I got lunch and we were talking about our own issues and things and I was crying and he's like, everything all right? I was like, I think I might want to be breaking up with this person. And I told him the very long story short and he's like, Catherine, if you, what is your biggest fear? I was like, that I'll be alone forever. And he's like, okay. He's like, let's say that comes true. Would you prefer to be alone forever? Even though that's not going to happen. because you know, But you know, like friends and things. That's what I meant. Like not necessarily like I'll find a man. Like that does not complete you. Like be just be, but do you want that? Would you be happier with that? Or would you be happier being in the same spot you're in now, three years from now with the same guy who is still doing this? And I was like, oh, my God, I'd rather be alone than this. And it was a real punch in the gut because I would have been a failure, right? I would be single. I wouldn't be whatever. I wouldn't have this. And there were a lot of reasons I was very sad about leaving that relationship. A lot of reasons. But um, I, Arlene, there's fucking nothing wrong with liking to stay home on a Friday with a pit bull and some goddamn food. I love this. Okay, first of all, no, I have not seen Divorce yet. I've seen some parts because I have a friend who's in it. So I wanted to see her. I do want to watch this show, but I I understand what your question is, is the point. And there is, I can't tell you how many ways in which I'm so glad you wrote this in because this is such a topic that has been on my mind lately because I love my boyfriend who lives with me now and he's amazing and I did not expect to meet anyone. I did not plan on it. I was like, I guess I'm just going to be single then. And I was happier not being in a relationship. You have said you're happy now. You went through a traumatic, not traumatic, but it was a long divorce. You're still working through things. It takes years to even scratch the surface of a relationship ending. I'm still dealing with that relationship I ended years ago. You know, it's it's very, it's a lot going on. There's nothing wrong with being single. Oh my God. 
I know a lot of my married friends have said to me that they wish they're like, oh, I kind of envy you like when I was single, you know, it's it's hard existing on this earth no matter what. And if you're not in a partnership that's working, that's hard. And if you are not in a partnership and you have friends or you feel fulfilled in other ways, that's great. So there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, I guess the question period of years, women can be happy being single at a point in return. There's no point of no anything. You never fucking know. I never expected to meet my boyfriend. I never expected to live with a man again. I mean, I didn't have any expectations and I was happy. And I'm not saying that the goal is if you don't look for it, there it is. But guys, there's no there's there's so much stigma put on women and and single women and women who aren't married more than men in this society. I think I can say that. Correct. Mm -hmm. Would you agree Um, that when there's a single woman, it's more of a thing and there's this pressure. There's absolutely nothing wrong. And if you do want to be in a relationship, yeah, then date. And but if you don't don't date, you can be single. Who gives a fuck? You have a dog. That is amazing. Mm -hmm. I want a dog. Sally, thoughts? Yeah, I I definitely think that. uh there is no such thing as a point of no return where it goes from empowering to tragic. I think that's like, Mm. you know, that's just like a cultural trope as is like woman adopting cats, which is just, you know, again, like just like kind of a way we like shame women for not existing in relationship to a man romantically. Um, And uh, I think that if you want to, if you're happy not being in a relationship forever, that's great. Um, if you start to feel like you really want to be in a relationship in one, three, five, ten, 10, or 15 years, that's great too. I, I don't really think that there's, I don't really think there's any such thing as like the right way to do this or like what's quote unquote normal. I think of course, having said that, you know, anyone who makes a sort of non-normative choice or lives their lives in a non-normative way has to deal with like people's reactions. So I think like you can believe there's no such thing as a point of no return. You can think it's you you said it whether it's normal to have a period of years in which women can be happy being single. Like you you can think that that that's totally normal but then have to like field questions from people who are like but I don't understand how you can be happy being single or I don't understand how you cannot be lonely. Like you know, you have to deal with like that kind of bullshit. Mm. But um I don't think that that means that they're right. That like, like just like this assumption that like uh, it's, it's like weird when women who aren't in a relationship feel totally like fulfilled and satisfied. Um, You know, like we could get into like a lot of different stuff about how women are, are socialized to like, need a certain thing from men or be a certain way in relation to men. But like, I, I don't even really feel like going there. Um, just because I think the no, thing no, is, no, you can go there. I'm, I'm, just, I'm, I'm a thousand percent on board with what you're doing. I, I just like, I've heard so many of my straight friends sort of say this or like enact this thing of like how much of a failure it will be if they're, they don't end up at a certain place in life by a certain time. Like if they don't get proposed to by a certain time and, <laughs> You know, I don't want to shame anyone who like feels in their heart that like that's what's right for them. But I I do think that like there is this script that we're all following about when we have to do certain things by like when we have to graduate high school by that we even have to go to high school, that we have to go to college when we do it, when we Mm. date, how long we wait after a breakup to date someone, how long after we're dating someone that we move in together and how long after we get engaged and get married and how old is too old to have kids and when is it too young to have kids? Like Mm. there are all these things where it's just like, you know, it, it, 
it is really difficult to like navigate all of the things you quote unquote should be doing. And they're all kind of bullshit anyway, in the sense that like they're invented, they're made up, they're cultural, they change among cultures and among social uh, socioeconomic groups and whatever. And so um, like you can make up your own things like you can. I'm sorry. I thought you were going to sneeze. No, um, no, no, no. Sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, guys, it's not you. Catherine's really tired. I was trying to it's keep not you, off mic, but you noted it. Sorry. Sorry. On. My no, bad. No, no. Um, uh, now we're, we're even because we both yawned and we both yeah. called each other out. Um, but listen, all I'm saying is that everything you're doing, if like if you're feeling good about it mm-hmm. and you're feeling good about your life, like keep on keeping on. And yes, of course, there will be people who are like like have opinions about the way you're living your life, yeah. but like that's sort of unavoidable. So keep, keep spending your Friday nights yes. with takeout and a movie and your pit bull and just like yeah, I lo- could, lean into it. I could, <laughs> I could talk about this topic for a million years, but I think we said what needed to be said. I would like to add yawning, by the way, when everyone's like, don't be rude. Yawning is the body's way. So if your body is physically exhausted, like mine is and mentally and all this stuff's happening, yawning is your body's way. Like, no, you have to wake up. This is important. Okay, so you are important, Arlene, is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. you are. You're, you're important. I'm really glad you wrote this in because you do you and don't worry a damn thing. You know, if people are going to judge you, it's because they're 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 you know, they have their own issues. Whenever mm-hmm. someone judges you in general, it's because maybe they have their own insecurities. If you're home, I want to hang out with you, Arlene, is what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I do on a Friday night. My boyfriend works a job on the weekend nights that I get to do that. And do you think I know? I mean, I love my alone time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, lean into that. Yeah. Enjoy it. And like if you ever feel like uh, it is not making you happy anymore, you know, do something to change it. Yeah. There's nothing in this letter where you were like, yeah, I really no. You you say what you want. And you're like, how will I be seen if I'm happy? And it's like, well, I don't care what the person thinks of you because I'm I think you're my hero. All right. I will read this. So we pick a name from Garfield. Do you want to? Can we do Nermal? Nermal? Yes. I've, I've always loved the name Nermal. Nermal. How would, did he come up with that name? I don't know. I would name a child Nermal if it was like a thing I could do. Can you name a kid Nermal? I guess it's No, not. it's more like a dog maybe, but then it's... Uh, I have a dog in my building named Odie. That's awesome. Yeah. Odie's old. Yeah. yeah. Oldie Odie. There's also a new dog. I'm very excited about that. Yeah, you got a puppy in your midst, right? Yeah, we do. That's Actually, awesome. it turned out it's a rescue and it's not a puppy. Oh, okay. But, you know, it's fine. I can talk about that for uh, for uh, for another time. We'll save that conversation. All right, so normal. I'm sure this is a pretty standard issue, or maybe it's just because I grew up in a house where it was standard, but I really don't like the way I feel and behave and I'm having trouble changing. So rewind. I live with my boyfriend and have for quite some time. He has ADHD and a really poor working memory. This leads to doing things quote unquote wrong in my mind or incompletely, which really frustrates me. Things like emptying the dishwasher, but leaving one or two clean dishes on the counter for me to put away later, putting dirty laundry in the clean pile, leaving dirty dishwater on the sink for hours, which ends up me having to put my arm into a sink full of cold, dirty water to empty the sink, always putting his wet towel back on the bar on top of mine, etc. I have tried bringing these things up, but it never gets better, and I just can't follow through. These are really minor offenses, but I find myself getting really frustrated over them, which he picks up on, and then feels extremely bad and guilty to an extreme, and will be glum and upset much of the day, blaming himself over it, where I think most people would be like, oops, sorry, and then get over it. I don't dwell on it. It's just the initial frustration because something is incorrectly done. 
I'm pretty sure that both the constant forgetting and the emotional dysregulation have to do with his ADHD, but I can't excuse my part in the pattern. My dad also acted this way while I was growing up, though I think worse than I am, but maybe that's just potential bias, muttering under his breath, cleaning up aggressively, stomping around and slamming doors. I rarely do the latter, but the latter too, but find myself doing the former at times. I don't want to act the way he did because all it did was breed resentment in me. I don't want to do that to someone else. I try to tell myself that I shouldn't be getting frustrated because he, boyfriend, tried and he did help even if it wasn't complete or correct. But while that helps me calm down, it does nothing to stop the initial feeling of, ugh, really? Again? Why can't anything be done right? It leads me to just want to tell him that I'll just do everything myself, but then I feel resentful and overwhelmed because I'm trying to do it all when it should be a shared task. Any help? Thanks. Normal. Well, normal. Mm-hmm. I think this is a great question. Thank you for writing in. Thank um, you. I like one thing I've learned cohabiting with someone who I enjoy being in a happy relationship with <laughs> is that like both of us came into the relationship with an idea about the right way to behave in a home. Um, and I think that uh, we were both shocked to find out that like what was right for her wasn't what I thought was right and vice versa. And so we've had to do some like compromising and negotiating about like meeting each other halfway and like trying to figure out a way that like we can keep the house in a way that like feels good to both of us without either one of us being like my way or the highway. (laughs) Um, So part of it, I think, is just like potentially, you know, sort of figuring out what it is that you can compromise around and agree on. Um, But I think the other thing that's like probably the bigger piece is I think like asking it's it sounds like you've you've sort of asked your boyfriend to like be a little bit better about housework chore stuff and just like how he is around the house um but I'm wondering if like have you said to him hey like I really want us to talk about this thing because I feel like uh I I I feel like I need your help in figuring out how we can coexist in the house and both be happy. Like, you know, like you don't want him to feel like put upon and like feel guilty that he's not doing the right thing. And you probably don't want to feel like the, like the person who's like you said, like muttering under their breath or cleaning Mm. up aggressively and like making the other person conform to something that like, for whatever reason, they're not able to conform to. So I, but I don't think it's like on you to completely solve this. I think that like, if you guys can come up with some ways together, um, to like meet each other halfway that might really help. Um, and I, you know, I'm, I'm wondering if there are systems that can be put in place, um, that will help him, you know, if, if his ADHD and his poor working memory are, 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 you know, parts of why he has such a hard time, um, cleaning up the house in, in a way that you want him to, maybe there are things that can be done, like, you know, like pragmatic things like post-it notes that can be put up around the house, or maybe there can just be like some systems put in place. Um, and, and I think also I, but I, yeah, I guess I want to emphasize like, this is a thing that you guys should probably solve together, especially because like, you know, if he has ADHD and, and he's lived with it for a while and worked with it, like, it's possible that like he has, strategies for like other things that he he's figured out like ways to deal with like his job or his schoolwork or conversations or whatever like he's figured out ways to like um you know I guess not allow things caused by his ADHD to like work against him and so maybe he can do that here um 
And I think it's also really important for you to give credence to, which you are, um, the fact that like there's this reminds you of behavior by your dad that you really didn't like and made you feel a way. Because I think that like that really can enter into making someone feel even more like activated about a situation Mm -hmm. um, when like, you know, the the whole thing just reminds you of like shitty behavior from your past. And it sounds like you know that, but I think, you know, get to clarify, she's saying that she's doing her dad's behavior, not that the guy that her boyfriend. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. But no, but I, I, I still think that like, no matter how it's manifesting itself, if it reminds you of something shitty, whether it's like someone is like behaving in a shitty way, um, you know, and like to you or you're behaving in a shitty way to someone else, if it reminds you of something that you Mm. were really uncomfortable with in your past, like I think it can just make the thing feel like bigger and more difficult. Yes. I I was just because I first read it originally and then I reread it um, that the boyfriend is acting like the dad. And I know you were referring to the fact that she's, but I I hear what you're saying. But yeah. I clarified just if people are listening that that's what you meant because I was confused, but I get it now. Cool. Um, I have a million things to say about this, but I'm going to start off by saying, um, you say these are minor offenses, but they're not. I mean, they're something that are upsetting to you. So please let, let yourself be, be frustrated. This is not minor. This is tough. It's hard living with someone in general, roommate, uh, partner or otherwise. I don't want to get too much into because of the ADHD, he does this or X, Y, and Z, but I wonder if it's not also just the ADHD. I, I read this. If I don't really want to get into that because I don't know much about his headspace, but there are two major problems here. One is that he's not what, what Sally said. Uh, you know, he's if he's had to learn any strategies, he needs to start learning strategies to deal with a way in which you can cohabitate together. Um, and and yes, you will have to make some compromises. And yes, there are some things you can't change about people and you, people shouldn't have to change or whatever. But if you're really, really having a problem with this, you do need to absolutely find a solution because this is going to get worse. It's going to continue. Also, don't worry if you're acting like your dad um, as far as that's concerned because we all repeat the way we were taught to behave in certain things. So I, it's good that you're addressing it. And it's good that you're um, making a point to try not not to do that. But I do find myself having to correct the way I say certain things because of the way I learned how to say things, because that's how we were raised. Uh, But also, this reads to me as the fact that he is then he he sulks all day long or he's really down or he feels bad about it, like for a a full day. That's a problem as well. I wonder if maybe he also needs to be seeing um, a therapist or something because for whatever reason that has made him, it consumes his day too and then it consumes yours and then you can't tell him not to do a thing because then he'll get, he'll get sad for a long time. There's another way I'm going to read this too. It seem, This behavior is feeling a little passive aggressive to me and I, again, I'm very hesitant to go into that territory because it could be dependent on whatever is going through him mentally but that's what I wanted to say there is that you you really need to have a serious conversation where you're like, I don't want you to be sad all day when I have to tell you something. The rest of our lives, I might have to tell you something that's hard to hear, mm-hmm. but let's find a way because this is how it's affecting me. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just really important to make it clear and make keep the conversation open, ask questions, listen, have him listen to you. You know, it's it's such a conversation that needs to be had because it's just going to get worse and it's not working for you. That's mm-hmm. that's the end of the day. Like there there, there could be a way and be willing to make some compromises for mm-hmm. sure. Um, but one thing I do want to say that um, it, this is sort of to a larger point that I see something happen often. And I know this is going to sound a little bit off putting and or controversial and I'm willing to open the floor for discussion eventually. Mm-hmm. But it's something that I have noticed and I'm noticing more and more recently. My friends and I are talking about it. There are articles coming out about it. 
in general, in our society that we live in, in this United States, I'm talking about specifically, there has always been, and this is not in any way saying that he is a, you know, misogynist or that he doesn't whatever, but the way men and women are raised in a household, it is sort of assumed that the woman does a lot more of the household cleaning and it is ingrained, okay? So if you're a guy out there, you're like, I don't do that. You do. You do do it. You expect the woman to do more of the housework. It's something that I've noticed in uh, a lot of people I know. My friends say it about their partners. But it's a problem that has, it's just because it's the way our culture is. It's just sort of is a little tiny ingrained thing of, but my mom always did the dishes. And I'm not saying that he thinks you're his mom, but a woman always took care of a certain thing in the house. So it's a much broader topic. We can talk about some other time, but this is also when I read this at first, all his, his other stuff aside, there is a very it's just it's just a thing to keep note of and keep track of in your head. Uh, I really don't want people out there listening going, you know, hashtag not all men. Listen, I get it. But I don't think people understand to the degree that it happens. I don't know if you if you've had that experience living with roommates or anything like that, but I know I have experienced it before. And it's just something that is keep an eye on it. And it, it is noticeable once you see it that men, women are expected to do a lot more of the emotional labor at home and also the keeping up the house labor. Mm-hmm. So does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, there's definitely I think there's like a lot of different things going on. And I think one of them is like this thing of like like you're saying, Catherine, like whose job is it to do this stuff? And maybe there's something at work for him, like unconsciously and maybe for you too. Normal. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I think it's important to keep in mind. I, I think also like I'm wondering, too, if if there's a way that like you guys can figure out, you know, for example, like reading your examples of stuff he does. Um, I think the two things that would really be difficult for me would always putting his wet towel on top of mine mm-hmm. and having to stick my sink, uh, my hand in a sink full of cold, dirty water. So like, I guess like, what if, what if, you know, there was a note over your towel that was like, please put your towel on its own bar or whatever. And then there was like a sign over the sink that said, please remember to empty the sink or something. And then, and so then he did those. And then the, the times that he puts your dirty laundry in the, he puts dirty laundry in the clean pile or leaves a couple dishes for you to put away. You're like, okay, well, like, this is annoying, but the two things that were like really fucking annoying, he's gotten a lot better about. So I can like abide these like, you know, just like maybe there are just like some compromises where um, you can you can work with him a little bit. If you if you feel like he's genuinely trying his hardest and like putting his best foot forward, um, I don't think there's anything wrong with like trying to find a compromise that yeah. that works for both of you. But I, I would definitely like bring him into the the problem solving because it, it's his problem to solve, too. It's, yeah. it's not just yours. I straight up have been like, do we need to make a chore chart, you know? And um, yeah, it's it's just living with someone is a different animal in of itself. And you do have to learn how to live with compromise because if you're expecting him to change overnight or change fully, listen, I get your frustration. I do. Um, and I'm really coming at this with a very compassionate, you know, I, I don't really know what, what I don't know you two, but from wanting anything from this letter, email, I don't know. Can we just call it letters or emails? I don't I don't even know. Um, what I'm getting from it is that you, you're frustrated. So either way, something is not working. So just you got to nip it in the bud before it becomes a larger problem. And it's already becoming a problem. So and they're not little things It it can feel passive aggressive, even if it's not intentional, it can Mm -hmm. just feel frustrating. So have that conversation, make a make a chore chart. I don't know. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, do it. It doesn't mean you're a failure in a relationship. No one perfectly knows how to live together ever. So yeah, it's like the kind of thing you have to figure out as you go. I feel like yeah. So normal. Good luck. Uh, keep us posted on how that goes, please. And uh, yeah. and yeah, I don't know. Go get them. All right. Well, I'm really nervous because I have the song of the week. Oh boy, I think we're gonna end this. So um, I just want to say thank you to all the listeners um for being really really cool and amazing and wonderful mm-hmm. for everything. New listeners, welcome. Yeah, hey, and, new uh, listeners. Yeah, we do have another email, but we didn't have time to get to it. But we really wanted to address the situation uh, this week. So. If you would like to tweet at us, actually, can you read this part while I try to figure out the song of the yeah, week? Because I have yeah, no yeah. clue and I sort of I should. So tweet at us uh, at strugglebuspod. Use the hashtag strugglepodbuds420. Email us if you would like to be on our super secret Facebook group or if you want to ask us to address something on the air at strugglebuspodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram at instagram.com slash the strugglebuspod. Uh, Tweet at us at SPK Heller. That's Catherine. Tweet at me at, at Sally T. And when you email us and ask us to add you to the Facebook group, just give us your regular email address, the yeah. one that you use to sign into Facebook. I Catherine. Think, I think you did that like much better than I did. Oh, geez. I don't yeah. know. It's it's different. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Keep going. Uh, you know what my mind is Should doing? Should I just say it all again? You know what my mind's doing? What? Nope. Use that Blur song. Nope. You use two Marcy songs. <laughs> nope. That's that. Nope. So I'll use that. I think I do have a song. Okay. Yeah. Go for it. Okay. So um, PJ Harvey, ladies and gentlemen. Just Ooh, a gem. Just a gem. Nice. I was thinking about her recently because she did a album. I think it came out in either 99 or 2000. And it's called Stories from the City. Stories from the Sea, I think. Let me check. Hold on a second. Uh, have you heard about this album? Mm-mm. She releases this album and it's it's a, a beautiful, beautiful sort of there's so many songs about New York. There's songs about she spent some some brief period of time here and she, there's some New York references. She does a great duet with Tom York. Great album. Really holds up. It reminds me of the summer of 2000 um, when I first started bartending and it was just a really great memory. And I started listening to her again because I have been really scared of the helicopters outside. Yeah, no shit. Um, I'm getting a lot of 9-11 PTSD from the administration. Um, it's been a while now, and there's a lot of helicopters, and it's scary to me because they're up there for a lot of reasons. Um, yeah, it's just been really hard being in the city right now, and it, and so I had to find a way. So I was uh, having a moment a couple weeks ago where I was really, really upset, and I uh, uh, I told my boyfriend and he did the 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 bubble of of love. Did I tell you about that? The safety bubble. Mm-mm. He made it. Mm. <laughs> so he jumped over me. He's like, "You're safe in the safety bubble." And until so I laughed, and there was uh-huh. a helicopter flying over our apartment. Which, by the way, they're very they're very very loud and they're, yeah, they're very close. Extremely loud. Extremely. Close. Yeah. yeah. I've, I've, I've they feel like out. they're like right on top of you. It, it's ter- Yeah. It's very scary for me. So now when I hear a helicopter, I think about that. So I've turned it into a happy memory. I'm just trying to make anything work at this point. But I was thinking about this song, um, This Mess We're In. It's a duet with PJ Harvey and Tom York. And I'm like, why Ooh. am I why am I thinking of this song every time I cause cause that song came out, it was really important to me. 9-11 happened, the helicopters, and I'm like, why is this song always resonating with me? And I think of this song. And I also love the song. Well, Sally, do you know what the first line of the song is? What, what, what? Tom York. Can you hear them? The helicopters. We're in New York. Well. So 
It's a gorgeous song, and I have turned it into a happy. So now when I hear helicopters, I'm still scared. But I think of the um, safety bubble that Alex did for me. And I think about the song, and I think about all the people I love in this world. I'm going to start crying. So um, thank you for being such great, supportive, wonderful, wonderful listeners. Mm -hmm. Sally, thank you for your friendship. Alex, thank you for your love. And uh, so do enjoy a snippet of This Mess We're In with PJ Harvey and Tommy York. Can't wait. Oh, oh God. I, I just <laughs> Don't sat forget back. to end the podcast. I, was, I just sat back like, well, we're done here. So, uh, all right. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Kate. I'm Sally. Bye. Bye. Can you hear them? The helicopters. I'm in New York. No need for words now. Sit in silence You look me In the eye directly You met me I think it's Wednesday The evening The mess we're in